This is an Anami podcast. Now, now, I don't know what possessed me. I do not know what possessed me to reach out to the news station. But I reached out to the news station and I said, um, I think I've been a victim of the scam that you guys have been investigating. What's going on? Welcome back to the 9 to Fly podcast. I am your host, Sania of Flynance, and I am really excited about this episode because I am sharing a story that I've never shared on Flynance before, though many people may have heard uh, this story told in other places. But this is my first time really sitting down and telling the real truth about this story. Now, before we get into all the tea, um, on the time I got scammed, let's first make sure that you are subscribed. So um, if you're not already subscribed to 9 to Fly, what you doing, okay? Subscribe across all our platforms and be sure to follow us on IG, TikTok, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, okay, so today... We're going a little off the, off the cuff, off the script. Um, I want to tell you the real story behind the time I got scammed. Me and my friends actually got scammed out of $5,000 uh, in a trip to New Orleans for Essence Fest. So I think it's been enough time in my life. Enough time has passed, so to speak, that now I can kind of look back on that experience and definitely see some of the things that I did wrong. But the reality is I thought I was doing the best that I could for the situation that I was in in my early 20s, right? And just to set the scene, it was 2018. I was only a year into working full-time. I didn't even have access to credit. I couldn't really uh, afford to put a whole trip on a credit card. I didn't have those kind of things at that time in my financial journey. And, uh, you know, if any of you are familiar with the movie Girls Trip with Jada Pinkett Smith and Queen Latifah, that movie had just come out. So that movie had just come out. Me and my friends were just like, oh my gosh, we need to go to Essence Fest. This seems so fun. This seems so cool. I was like 23, 24. Yeah, I was like 23. I was like 23 years old. So I just want to set the scene to really let you know, okay, this is how I got scammed, right? I was young, I was vulnerable, and I was also just really pressed to go to Essence Fest. So again, way back then, this was like 2018, because me and my friends didn't have a ton of money, we didn't really have access to credit, right? There were none of us that had were just like, yeah, put it all on my Amex and you just pay me back. Uh, none of us had it like that back then. So we were really trying to figure out, well, how can we get to Essence Fest, right? We can't really afford to pay for a whole hotel room and pay for all of these things out of our pockets. How are we going to be able to make this work for our, ourselves financially? So, you know, a little bit about me. I'm a scrappy girl. Give me a resource and I'm going to figure out something with it. So I just remember being like, oh, well, I'm seeing a lot on Eventbrite. <laughs> now, you can probably see where this is going to go, right? Um, but hey, back then, 2018, I thought that no one's going to lie about a trip on Eventbrite. Uh, but here's the thing. What that offered was an ability to pay over time, right? There was a payment plan attached to a lot of these different packages that we were seeing on Eventbrite and people offering, you know, oh, the hotel's included, your concert tickets are included, all the whole shebang, 
Also, if you're not familiar with Essence Fest, it is like this huge multi-day festival that happens every year in New Orleans. Like, really big musical acts. There's a concert. There are all these events, all these parties. It's a whole vibe and then some. So that's why we were really pressed to go, okay? Now, we found this travel agent. We were talking to her on Eventbrite. And, you know, everything was really smooth. Everything was fine. It was peachy keen. And here I was really thinking I was doing my due diligence, right? She was sending us receipts every month and invoices. And I'm just like, yeah, everything's so professional. Every time I reached out to her, she was super responsive, super communicative. Everything seemed like it was going off without a hitch. Um, And all in all, we each paid about $1,000, a little more than $1,000 each. And that was going to include our hotel room. We were supposed to be in this like beautiful two queen bedroom and we were going to have concert tickets and also some party passes. So for us, it was a really good deal considering we didn't really have a lot of money. We couldn't really afford to get to Essence Fest on our own. Now, fast forward to, it was like the day before we were leaving for New Orleans and looking back, thank God we got our flights separately, right? We didn't get our flights as part of the package. We got them separately also because we literally couldn't afford to add more on to the payment plan. Uh, the night before, we we got this like really cryptic email from the travel agent where she was pretty much saying, I want to dispute any negative claims that are being said about me and my business. And we were just like, what is this about? I don't know. But let's be honest, there was so much going on. You know that, that, that uh, the pre-trip, travel Olympics, you know, that marathon, that sprint where you're like running around trying to like get your hair done, your nails done, or my toes done, am I packed? Um, All of that was happening. So let's just say we didn't really pay it that much attention because it was kind of like, well, we got all this other stuff going on. It'll work itself out, right? (laughs) Well, uh, here's what I remember. I remember having a layover in some random city. I had a layover and I remember my friends kept blowing up my phone. Like I got on off the plane and I just remember like turning my phone back on and having all these missed calls and all these messages. And when I finally got in touch with one of my best friends, she was like frantic. She was like, oh my God, we don't have a hotel room because uh, a few of them had had a direct flight. So they were already in New Orleans. And I was just like, wait, 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 hold on, hoy, hey, wait, hold on. We got receipts. We got invoices. What, what do you mean we don't have a hotel room? We've been paying for this trip for like five months. Uh, so that's when the, the scam started to unfold. Uh, essentially, the travel agent had taken our money, but didn't actually fully pay out all of these different expenses. So while deposits were put down for our hotel rooms, she never actually finished paying on the rooms. So the hotel released the rooms. Um, so essentially, my friends went to go check into a hotel room that didn't, that did exist, but had now been rebooked by other Essence Fest attendees. Uh, and I just remember by the time I got to New Orleans and we it really hit us that, oh, wow, we're homeless. Uh, I remember the hotel front desk manager being like, oh my God, like, we're so sorry about this. We tried to do everything in our power to let you all know that these rooms weren't paid for, but unfortunately she didn't put any of your contact information. So again, typical scam artist bullshit, right? She intentionally made it like, she intentionally made it so that there was no way that we would have even known that any of this was happening. Okay. So that was the first thing. Now at the same time, um, 
I'm, I'm going to do a, sleep, a slight deviation in this story because this is also an important fact. And if you've seen some of the teasers around this episode, then you know that I ended up on the local news about this. <laughs> but essentially, as we were like, you know, kind of in, like just kind of in shock around what's happening, like, are we really getting scammed? Is this really happening? Uh, one of my friends had found an article that a local news station based in New Orleans has started to write. So that cryptic email, remember I was saying she sent a cryptic email the night before? Well, in the local news circuit, it was already getting around that this woman was scamming people, right? Of course, we're coming from out of town. So we never saw the local news clip until we started digging a little bit deeper. (laughs) Well, uh, now, now, I don't know what possessed me. I do not know what possessed me to reach out to the news station. But I reached out to the news station and I said, um, I think I've been a victim of the scam that you guys have been investigating. And I just remember whoever I spoke to being like, oh my gosh, where are you? Can we come meet you? We're going to bring a camera crew. And that's how it ended up on the local news. That's how it ended up on the local news. Uh, Because they were doing this story, they were profiling, they were letting people in the local area know what was going on. Uh, I ended up doing an interview where I was literally, at that point, very much homeless. Uh, I had just landed in New Orleans. They met me at the local mall. I remember I like, yeah, we like met at the mall. And this was before we kind of knew what was happening. So I gave that interview it, fresh off the plane, fresh off of the plane, fresh off of the shock of, is this really happening to me? Did we really spend all this money, fly down to New Orleans, and now we're going to be homeless in a city where we don't know anyone? And also, there are like 20,000 people in New Orleans. So the chances of finding a new hotel room, yeah, slim to none. Um, there was just like so much going on. But like, you know, <laughs> looking back, now we have that... that <laughs> That unfortunate interview that I gave to look back at those memories. Okay, so fast forward. So what ended up happening, me and my friends, we had to come out of pocket. There was one hotel room left at the hotel that we were previously booked at. Uh, The four of us had to, you know, do it Miami style. Uh, We all crammed into a super small room and we just made it happen. Uh, We ended up pretty much leveraging that news story with all these other essentially vendors across our weekend. We went to the box office and said, we were scammed. We don't have enough tickets. It was just, it was like a whole chaotic thing. Uh, We did end up getting tickets for the concert, but then she didn't give us enough tickets for all four of us. So it was literally, I will say the most, one of the most chaotic travel experiences that I ever had. But that's not where the story ends. Now I will say we had a great time. Me and my friends, we had a great time. We made it the best girls trip that we could. given the circumstances. Uh, But the story didn't end there. So, you know, you might be wondering, well, what happened to this woman? Did she just get away with this? No, she did not get away with this. In fact, the travel agent in question is currently serving a 15-year prison sentence. So, you know, at at the time, it kind of made me feel like, is this really justice? I know that I'll probably never get that money back. And now fast forward so many years and to see how my life has grown and, you know, to see the opportunities that have come my way, I kind of even look back and just think, wow, that feels like that was a really harsh sentence. Like no one got hurt. Yes, hundreds of people did get scammed. And I think she ended up walking away with a little less than $200,000, which is a felony. It's a fraud, right? Uh, it's, It's felony fraud. But, you know... 
we also know the incarceration system is really harsh on black women. And I can't imagine what she's going through because of this mistake that she made. But here's what I took from it. There were some clear things that I want to share with you that hopefully you can use to avoid getting scammed in any of your future travels. So, you know, as I look back at that experience, I recognize that me being young, I was 23, I was 24, 23, 24. Um, I didn't have access to capital. I was extremely vulnerable. And, you know, to look at my group of friends and many of the other women that were kind of a part of this uh, scam, many of us were low income. Some were single mothers. A lot of us didn't have other resources. Therefore, that's why we were vulnerable to this kind of, uh, you know, this kind of scam. So, that's kind of like the first thing that we always got to put into context. I think, you know, I got scammed really because I thought I was doing the best with what I had, but someone who knew how vulnerable we were took advantage of that. So when you think about predatory lending and even some of these other predatory practices or why people might fall into scams, you know, sometimes you got to extend yourself and those people grace because, we really did the best that we could, right? We didn't think that this woman would try to take advantage of us, especially for a festival for black women by black women. And if I didn't mention this already, the travel agent who scammed us was a black woman. Very unfortunate on all levels. But here's another thing to consider. When you're booking with a travel agent, something that I've learned from that experience moving forward is that it's always great to have travel insurance. Back then in my travel journey, I didn't know about travel insurance. I didn't know that it was something that I could have. But now moving forward, I don't travel anywhere without having travel insurance. Because if me and my friends had had travel insurance, we would have been able to make a claim and get back all of our money because we were frauded out of, out of this trip, right? These things happen outside of our control. So that's number two. Make sure you always have travel insurance. Crazy things happen. Whether you get scammed, you might get sick, natural disasters happen, and you just want to make sure that you're protecting the investment that you're making in your ability to travel. The third thing that I think is also super important when it comes to group trips, so you're going with travel agents, or really you're just traveling uh, with anyone who's taking your money to perform a travel service, I think it's always important to be able to check their work, so to speak, and be able to reach out to the providers directly. Now, if I had reached out to the hotel that we were all booked at directly, I probably would have known weeks before, uh, you know, they released our room and resold it to someone else that the balance wasn't getting paid, right? But I never checked the travel agent's work. I never reached out to the provider or the hotel vendor directly to really just make sure that everything was in place. So that's my tip to you. If you are working with a travel agent or any type of travel group, group travel. When in doubt, especially if they're saying you're going to be staying at a resort or a hotel or whatever the situation is, always contact the provider directly, right? You got to protect your own money. You got to make sure that your money is actually going towards its true intention and purpose. So that was a huge thing that I realized was a red flag. And well, maybe a red flag is not paying for vacations on Eventbrite. But you know, back in 2020, 2018, you know, I... I don't know. I didn't think that I didn't. I getting scammed was like the furthest thing from my mind. So, you know, that's my story. That's my story on the the time I got scammed uh, while traveling. And I hope that my tips you can use to avoid similar chaotic experience in the future. Now, before we end this episode, you know what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time answering questions for the hottie hotline. This is my 
time where I'm answering your questions live. So if you have a question you want me to answer in a future episode, check out the show notes, send me a voice message or send me a text and I'm going to answer your question on a future episode of Nine to Fly. So for today's hotline, I have some great questions that I want to answer. They're not related to travel scamming, but I still think they're great questions and I want to answer them anyway. So here's a great question. How much do you need to have before you can feel comfortable to leave a job and start your own business? I love this question. And, you know, we haven't talked in this episode about my own journey going from nine to five hottie to a full-time entrepreneur, you know, and a layoff in between. But here's the thing. When it comes to having enough money to feel comfortable, feeling comfortable is very subjective, right? If you think about typical personal finance advice, right? You could hear advice from, you need three months, you need six months, you need eight months of, of savings, of eight months of living expenses to have on the side. It really depends on you and your situation. For me, right, I'm single, I'm childless, I'm not taking care of family, I don't have a lot of responsibilities outside of my myself. The number of months of living experience that I decided I wanted to have save up was like three to five. I had about three to five months of savings saved up when I got laid off. I did get severance and other things, but I kind of was building this kind of, this idea of like an FU fund on the side. But my level of comfort might be different than your level of comfort. So you got to think about your overall life holistically and really sit down and add up all of your expenses and all of your obligations to really understand what is that number per month that I would need to have saved to be able to take care of my rent, my mortgage, my bills, and any other obligations. So that's where it starts. From there, you got to think about what's your level of comfort. For some people, having three months of expenses is enough. For some people, it's six. For some people, it's more than that. I would definitely say a good starting rule is to try to save up at least three to five months like I did. I think that's a great place to get started. For many people, that's going to be at least $10,000 or more that you will have saved up. Now, I will also say as it relates to starting a business, you don't have to leave your job to start a business. I would actually suggest that you start your business while you're working full time. Use your weekends, use time before work, um, and really start to get clear on building a business. I think sometimes, especially in in my community for black women entrepreneurs, we don't always have the luxury of being able to say, yep, I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow and now I'm gonna start the business the next day. A lot of times, many of us statistically are working full time while we're building our businesses. So think about using your nine to five income to fuel your business growth. Really get to a point where your business is actually making money so that if you wanna leave your job, you don't even have to rely on your savings. It's kind of just there as a safety net. That would be my suggestion. Now, I don't know what business you're starting, but hit me up and I wanna learn, I wanna learn more about your business and how I can support you. And thank you so much for that question. All right, next question. Here's a really great question that I got. Tell me questions that I can ask in an interview to gauge the diversity, equity, inclusion, and commitments at a company. Okay, I love this question. And I definitely think no matter who you are, you should be asking these questions throughout your interview process to really make sure that this is a company that aligns with your values. Now, let's talk really, really fast before I kind of give you some questions to consider. Let's talk really, really fast about like, When's the right time to ask these questions? I think it's always great to ask a recruiter or someone from human resources general questions about company culture. So this might be a good person to ask in your first round interview or phone screen. Um, Asking general questions around the company culture around DEI is always a great idea. 
Now, I would also say your final round interviews where you're mostly talking to the most senior person on the team, or if it's a startup, you might even be talking to you know a C-suite executive. I would definitely recommend asking these questions around DEI because oftentimes the most senior people on the team are truly the ones who are putting into practice how the culture of that company is actually felt by employees, right? So at a company level, there might be all of these grandiose plans around diversity, equity, inclusion, but if the senior leaders who are over your team don't feel them or aren't actually, you know, being models of that behavior, you're probably not going to feel it as an employee on the team. So let's talk about some questions that I like to ask in interviews that you should ask. A great question is, to ask is, can you tell me about the employee resource groups that exist for employees and different identities that employees might have? This is a great way to just kind of understand what's out there, right? Maybe it's a company where um, you can't find out a lot online around what these employee resource groups, but oftentimes what you're kind of listening for is, is there a resource group that might exist for me and my lived identity? Well, whether I am, you know, a veteran or I'm part of the LGBTQ community or I'm Black, Latino. I'm a woman in tech, right? Um, just kind of thinking, are there are these communities built into the company is really going to be key. Another question that I love to ask senior leadership is, you know, can you tell me how you are enforcing or putting into practice the company's mission around blank, right? So you can easily go to um, a public release or a press release that the company, um, you know, may have published. I think this is a great question for anyone who identifies as black. And, you know, there's a company that might have had these really great ideas around all they were going to do coming out of 2020. You might want to ask a senior leadership, well, how are you actually putting into practice the company's mission on blank? Or I saw that the company has a goal of increasing black leadership by 20%. What are you doing across the team to help the company get closer to that? It's a really bold question to ask, but I think it's important because I think it's it's actually getting you closer to understanding what is truly the overall culture on the team that you might be joining. I think another great question to ask is, hey, as I've been going through this interview process, I realized that I haven't been interviewed by anyone who is blank or has this lived identity or has this identity. Um, are there folks on the team that I might be able to connect with to learn more about the role and their experience on the team? Again, another bold question that you can ask, but it may be worth asking, especially if you're considering offers where you're just not really sure, am I going to be the only black person? Am I going to be the only queer person? Am I going to be the only young person on the team? Um, it might be great to ask those questions in advance. All in all, I think you got to really think for yourself, what's most important to you? Is it about having that community at work? Is it about being a part of a team that is championing diversity and inclusion? Is it about being on a team that's diverse and maybe just making sure that you're not going to be the token person coming into a new team? Um, so really think about what's most important to you. But I think always asking about employee resource groups, how senior leaders are putting into practice, what the overall company's mission and goals are, are great places to start. So Thanks so much for tuning in and for listening to the podcast. I want you to check me out next week where I'll be sharing more tips on how to maximize your nine to five, get the obnoxious bag secured, and get closer to that work-life balance that we all want. So until then, I'll see you next time. And thanks for tuning in to 9 to Fly. Peace out. Peace out.